Bridge of Swords. That shall be your significator. My what? The card that marks you. The others act upon you. This one defines your being. And, uh, what am I? A vigilant sentinel, filled with purpose. One eye always on the lookout for the enemy who follows close behind you. Okay. So, what's the next one? Now we begin the cross. This covers you. It is the cloud under which you now walk. The Queen of Cups. A woman. A woman cloaked in dreams. She brings you good fortune and a wisdom like a mother's. Okay. Next. There's a sign. You see that? Sadly, dear boy, I cannot. Oh, sorry. That's all right. Just tell me what it says. Entering District of Columbia. We're here. We actually got here. It's still quite a ways to the capital, unfortunately. I'm not sure my knees will last that long. Where did Jack get to? He said he was scouting ahead, but I don't believe him. Oh, you two are always fighting. Can't you try and be adults? There's a novel idea, eh? We're bringing up the rear of a column of hundreds of thousands marching across the country to bring down the government. There are somewhat greater concerns at play here than your petty feud. He tried to kill me. He said sorry for that. That doesn't make it any better. Ex excuse me. Who are you? You don't know me. My, my name is Carl Weiss. You're, you're with that Lady Justice, ain't you? She's gone, mister. Maybe for good. Really? Sorry to disappoint. What's your interest in the matter, young man? Oh, well, I mean... I, I don't hardly think there's anyone who's seen that remarkable woman in action that doesn't have an interest in her. That's all, is it? You're very astute, miss. Uh, I was actually hoping she might help me a little. Hmm. With what exactly? You know that Senator Long? The one they're all marching after? Not just him. There's the woman, too. She's the one running the show. I don't care about her. It's Long I'm after. My father-in-law, Ben Pavey, was a judge in Evangeline Parish. Was? Exactly. Old Ben wouldn't go for Long's share our wealth shit. So he had them redraw the district and kick him out of office. What are you going to do about it? Kill the bastard, of course. I've got it worked out already. Only trouble is he's got all these bodyguards. Neither of you got, uh, superpowers like that friend of yours, do you? Uh, nope. Sorry. We'd make some very lousy accomplices, I'm afraid. Uh, best of luck with your vendetta. Yeah, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa wait. You fellas sound like you, you got something against that woman with the shades. Maybe we can make some kind of deal? What kind of deal? You help me get him, I'll help you get her. We'll decapitate these commies' leadership in one clean swoop. They're commies? I didn't hear. Share our wealth? Every man a king? Does that sound like clean American talk to you? He has a point. You're in favor of this? Let's be honest here, Dwayne. Let's be honest here, Dwayne. We need all the help we can get if we're going to do this, no matter who's giving it. Thanks, lady. I don't believe we've been introduced. Zeta Zetzner. A pleasure. Well, what do you do for a living, if I may ask? Or uh, did before the end of the world, or whatever this is? I'm mainly a cartomancer, though I can also juggle knives and run 10,000 volts through my body, if the occasion calls for it. Say, you, you folks are a curious group, ain't you? It's about to get even more curious. Hello! Here, lad, hold this. 
There you are. What the hell were you doing? You! What is this? It's Earth, lad. The Earth is rotting. What does that mean? It's not unexpected. Uh, The merger Ethel's created is a profoundly unnatural state. She doesn't have nearly enough sacrifices to feed it. Sacrifices? Are you saying those commies worship Satan? Who's this? Mr. Carl Weiss. Jack Partridge, this young man's got a beef with Huey Long. I believe he might be of use. Pleasure. That's Dr. Weiss, actually. The rest is true. Really? You want to help save the world from evil forces from beyond, Dr. Weiss? Do I get to kill Huey Long, too? Sure, why not? All right, then. This would sure be a lot easier if that blindfolded friend of yours was around. Careful. Careful, I said. I'm being careful. Don't start, you two. He's starting it. I'm just doing my job. Call yourself a safe cracker. Step aside, I'll do it myself. Hey, you can't. Yes, I can, Mr. Walker, boss. Good work, Polly. Don't get cocky. Remember, there's 50 other men I could get to do the same job. Maybe cheaper, too. So what's this, boss? Charity? I like you. That's what it is. Don't make me regret it. What about me? Am I just here to make him look better by comparison? Four hands are better than two, Gas. You know I'm a careful fellow. Count this carefully, then. One, two, three, five rubies. Look at the size of that one. There's cash, too, boss. Do we take all of it? What do you think? I didn't sniff out Mayor Walmsley's hidey hole just to get a souvenir. I want his whole stash. That bastard's got enough already. Huh. I guess that makes us Robin Hood or something. If you like. Though, of course, you're free to give to the poor only your share. You heard that? Is that him? The mayor? He's out of town, stupid ass. You really think I'd be dumb enough to... Ah! Fucking Christ! His head! That's his fucking head! How very perceptive. What the hell are you waiting for? Let her have it, you mug! Too late. Stay away from me! I got rats! Please! Please! They won't help scum like you. You're all mine. No, 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 you, you, you won't get me, you! <laughs> well, that was easy. Halt! Halt, I said! We'll fire! Why, General? Are you planning to shoot American civilians for walking into their own nation's capital? They're doing a whole lot more than that. You turn this convoy right back and go back to where you came from. Leave us in peace. Where do you think we came from? Virginia? Tennessee? Mississippi? Louisiana? Born and bred right here, General. I don't know if you heard, but there's already been some mighty strange things happening of late. We just want some food and some shelter, if that's not too much to ask. The monsters are cropping up everywhere, miss. Crowding in here won't do you no good. I suggest you try your luck elsewhere. Washington ain't open for visitors. I thought you might say that. Come here, General. There's something I want to show you. How do I know this isn't some ruse? I'm unarmed, General. Apart from the baby. Would you like me to put the baby down? Er, no. That's fine. But whatever it is you want to show me, miss, you can show me from over there. If you insist. Oh! Fire! Good gracious! What did you do to him? I gave them a long, hard stare. I don't expect the rest of their defenses will put up much more of a fight. Senator Long, how does the White House sound? Well, 
So tell me, why are you doing all this? What's your motive? I'm the same as you. I just want to look out for them. Everyone. Make a world where no one has to go hungry or die in battle anymore. A world where people can live. Just live. Oh, horrible, huh? Walking in big enough for you? Oh no, I'll take them all down. Stalin, Hitler, Baldwin, Hirohito. What right do they have? As far as I'm concerned, it's my duty. No one else can do what I can, Senator. I can fix it all. I can make it all right. That's just it. Suppose petrifying them is more humane, anyhow. Shall we move on? Yes. I'll address the multitude. Good lord! Swanland, like they should think we are back in the vacuum! Say, that mud looks mighty queer. Hmm. You're right. Might... Need some pits. Pits? I'll explain later. Come on, the White House is waiting. Finally, oblivion ends. I've stopped falling. Beneath me, the ground is almost not there at all. More like an idea of a place than anything. The sky is black and murky, like the waters of the lake. This, then, is what's underneath. It's a maze to find description, coiling back into itself the edges disappearing into the pure nothing all around. I move forward, leaning on the walls that look like they are made of fog. With every turn, I lose any sense of where I was the moment before. Yet no matter how far I venture inside, I'm still alone. No other lost souls, nothing conscious at all. If this is hell, then was it emptied while I wasn't looking? Or is it a hell made just for me? Made to keep me wandering in search of the smallest sign for all eternity? Just as I start to think that might be the truth, I hear it. That voice. Lottie, baby girl, over here. I look around wildly until I'm sure. It's coming from right in front of me. Right through that wall. With a deep breath, I push through the fog, though I was leaning against it a second ago. And there they both are. Ma and Pa. Our home. It looks just how it should look feels just how it should feel. But I don't believe it. You made it, Lottie. We were starting to get worried. Your mom, most of all. Don't listen to him. I knew you'd come home. No matter how long it took. Lottie? Child, say something for Christ's sakes. The house. It blew up. I saw it. Huh. Another one of your stories? Where'd you get that from? Dick Stacy or something? It's Tracy, Joseph. You're doing it on purpose now. No, I ain't. You're too suspicious, woman. Can a man mispronounce things? Funny. I never heard you say tractor or cornfield or ball game wrong. Not in 37 years. Well, those are easy words, ain't they? Tractor. Tractor. Sensible word. Practical word. Built for use. Now take Buck Rogers. Well, there ain't no dealing with that, is there? Never mind him. He's being silly. Don't you want to sit down, baby girl? Okay. I sit at the table I've sat at all my life, squirming as I pull up the chair I've called my own as long as I can remember. Everything is right. Everything is familiar. But at the same time, something is wrong. So wrong it makes me want to scream. 
I hold it in as Ma pours me a glass of milk. Behind me, I hear pitter-patter of little feet. I try to ignore it, focus on the glass, keep myself secure. But it has other plans. It's a trap. What's that sound? They're lying to you. Laddie, do you hear a voice? Voice? Um... Ask them. You want to. Ask Shut up. Shut up. That better not have been directed at me, child. I taught you better than that. She's not talking to you, Joseph. Ask the question. Shut the fuck up! Heavens! Now what sort of language is that? And the cup? Gracious, what's gotten into you, child? It's alright, Joseph. It's alright. I'll clean up the mess. Um, sorry. I certainly hope so. We'll be having a talk about this, believe me, at least, Lottie. Oh, which reminds me... Eli Faulkner told me he saw you in that tiller boy again, around your Starkey mansion. Got something you want to tell me? I ended it. Lottie, you did? Yeah. Is that so? Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you, child. That's very grown up of you. Damn tailors ain't good folk, you know that. Pa? Ma? What? What is it, Lottie? Why did you let them take me to the ceremony? Why did you play along with the Baron's game? Ceremony? Why, I never- What are you talking about, Lottie? Are you feeling okay? Stop lying, Ma. I know how we all got here. And I don't want to play pretend. It's killing me already. See here. Joseph. Baby girl, I told you what happened that night. The choice he gave us. He told you what they were going to have me do? Kill people. Rip out their hearts and build a new world with their souls. Sometimes bad people have to die for the greater good. When you're an adult, you understand these things. And what you can do, Lottie, it's unique. You're the first one in something like 4,000 years to have a shot at it. And do you know why? It's not because you were born with magical powers. It's not because some soothsayer chose you. And it sure ain't because you have divine parentage. Hey. It's because of your stories, baby girl. All those incredible tapestries you were weaving in your head all this time. The folks in Slumberland saw them and said, This is the girl we need to remake our whole world. You understand? No one else in 4,000 years had so many stories in their head as you. Do you know what a beautiful thing that is? What if I didn't want to? What if I didn't want to? Look. Grown-ups spend their lives doing things they don't want to, child. You think I wanted to get killed? Like that. But I told the man to do it for your sake and all those other folks. They're better off without me. All this, this dream world, it's poison. It's sick. It's driving me mad. Maybe it has already. I don't know, Lottie. You seem like you're a lot better now. What's the last time you read a book or, or listened to the radio? It doesn't... It doesn't matter. I'm through. It's not worth it. Let Slumberland die if it wants. I don't want any part of it. You don't understand, do you? The Baron told me, if Slumberland dies for good, so does the soul of mankind. So do all our daydreams, fairy tales, flights of fancy. Ours would be a world without stories. You want to live in a world like that? Do you, Lottie? I look into my mother's eyes. It's truth she was telling me, and I know it. My father nods slowly to show he agrees. I don't say anything. Just turn my back and dart out the door. Back into the labyrinth. Soon as the wall is solid again, I put my back against it and begin to sob uncontrollably. You did the right thing, you know. Shut up! They're just shades. Be gone soon. Nothing stays in the labyrinth very long. Just echoes. Then they're gone. Forever. You... 
transform in my shattering grief to explosive rage within a moment. I grab the mongoose at my feet by the neck and hold him up in front of me, ready and willing to choke the son of a bitch to death. You goddamn hypocrite! I know. I know. I had a, a change. A change of heart. Oh, really? Oh, really? How wonderfully convenient. A re religious experience. I've changed. I swear. Okay. Okay. I still don't have a good reason not to squeeze the life out of you right now. I can get you out of here. Really? Yes. <sighs> Thank you. You had better not be lying. I'm not in any mood for a wild goose chase. Trust me. When I tell you I've changed, I mean what I say. Getting banished here was the best thing that ever happened to me. I saw it all so clearly, you see. The machine that is Slumberland. It is a carnivorous beast that feeds on sacrifice and shits out dreams. Its hunger is infinite, just like the numbers that make up its body. But it was not sustainable, so it learned to create its own food, killing and eating its own children through the endless wars, a lower quality food source, but adequate. But that could not continue forever either. A new solution was required. Which one? You won't like it, I'm afraid. Ah, here we are. The ground's run out. This is the edge of the labyrinth. In a few seconds, we'll be sucked permanently into oblivion. This is your escape plan? Well, I thought you'd dream of a rocket or something and fly us out. You idiot! I can't... I can't do it anymore. Here's hoping you're wrong. I oughta... No. I'll reach out to grab the little bastard again. But my hand isn't there. Barely an outline against the black. The panic comes, paralyzing me. This is true oblivion. I can already feel it. And I realize... I don't want it. I want to continue. Just a little more. Is it too late? Is it already... Wouldn't it be something if there was someone who stood out among the anonymous men in their hats and coats and made our destiny have own? Punish the bad men, help the good ones, and showed them all the shining way forward to justice. Only a dream, of course. But imagine if it could be more than that. Ethel, I... 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 My words vanish into the crushing void around me. Just as I'm set to follow them, the nothing floor erupts below me. And suddenly we're shooting up towards that faint, faint light, faster than I'd ever dared to try before. They're almost ripping my face off. My full being returning with every yard we cover. My purpose building and building until there's no escaping it. By the time I breach the surface, my mind is clear. I see where I have to go, and I know what I have to do. That was the very last thing I ever wanted. Still, there's some comfort in knowing. No more jumping around. No more memories. Only the now. And my purpose. My liege! Great Gigi! You- Let me stop you there, Mr. Soulgavel. I'm sorry I was mean earlier. You've only ever tried to do your duty. You're a good man. My liege. Now please excuse me, I have to go. Where in heaven's name to? Up. To find her. You will face her then. For all our sakes. I'll do what I have to. I just need to find a mongoose first. Mongoose? With no time to explain, I leave Solgavel scratching his helmet a chin and start to wander the banks in search of Jeff. Before long, I find him and he tells me everything. What it would take to make a slumberland that can sustain itself without blood. I say I'll do it. 
From there, it's a straight road ahead, like my pa used to say. Within a few hours, I've gathered everyone in the town square, the one where I first was introduced to the charming locals, and made the necessary preparations. Now all I need is to work my miracle. My liege, perhaps you should rest first. I can rest afterwards. This is more important. Mess this up and you might find yourself resting. Forever. Helpful as ever, Baron. Tell the skeletons to be quiet, won't you? The skeletons are people too, excuse me. We're all people here. Just give her the space she needs. But he's a... Never mind. You could just fly, you know. That would be easier. You know the right numbers. I'm not doing this alone. You all want out of here, don't you? Hell yes! Good. Then follow me. I hold my hands out, close my eyes, and grip the air firmly. It becomes one side of a ladder. The largest ladder you ever saw. Stretching up past the cave ceiling into the sky beyond. Stealing myself, I step on. It creaks alarmingly in the wind, but it doesn't stop me. I keep going. Hesitantly, the villagers approach. Is it... safe? Only one way to find out. I, um, well, I'm, um, I will consider my position. You coward. Even the mongoose is going up. Mongooses are lighter than humans, for your information. If I were a mongoose, I'd climb up there no problem. Pretend you're a mongoose, then, magistrate. You've played enough parts. Surely that's within your power. Err. Mossflower looks uncertain, but it doesn't make much difference. I can already see the dead gathering round the base of the ladder, preparing to follow me out of their bondage. Thousands of them, from every cave and grotto and crag. Now all I gotta do is to keep the dream firm and pray it bears the weight. If I can't manage this, then I'll have little chance with what's to come. Though, as it happens, on the White House lawn now occupied by a large multitude of Ethel's followers, Already, insurrection is brewing. Madame Zetzner holds the sheriff's hand, her face contorted with concern. You will be careful. How do you think I got this far? Dingoes, Huns, space aliens, they're all the same, really. Just keep low. Wait till they reload, then give him hell. Do dingoes tend to reload? That whipping's still outstanding, lad. Better watch it. Alright, time to go. It should be me, Sheriff. I know her. Not a chance, lad. I've seen you holding a gun. It's a disgrace. Besides, you've got a lady love to get back to. She's lost somewhere in her own mind now. Her dreams ate her up, I'll bet. Like that old Egyptian fellow, Knimu. Knimu. Same difference. I'll be back in a jiffy, alright? Don't worry, Zeta. Cast your cards again if it makes you feel better. Good. As I'll ever be. Be seeing all of you. As he leaves, Madame Zetzner squeezes his hand. It feels horribly like the last time. The cards say it won't be, but for once she doesn't trust them. On the other side of the lawn, beyond the newly installed sacrificial pit, President Long watches his constituents from the window of his new residence, the Oval Office. I must say, Mr. Roosevelt was exceptionally accommodating, given the circumstances. I can't fault the man for his decency. No, sir. Hmm. It ain't quite as oval as I'd imagined, strangely enough. Never is, isn't it? No, sir. How are the pits, Cosgrove? Are they bringing in the carpetbaggers for the guillotine at the rate we need them to? To my knowledge, Senator, I think there's been concerns that the rule of law is being disregarded. Ha! 
As if those robber barons don't break 15 laws every day before breakfast. I got no patience for their belly aching. Every man a king, I promised him. And thanks to that crazy woman, damn if I didn't deliver. You sure did, sir. Who was that? One moment. Yes, who's there? Well, John Lennon. Well, a fella called Carl Weiss says Jones let him through. Son-in-law of Judge Benjamin Pavey. He's here to talk business, he says. Ah, hell, Pavey, son-in-law? Oh, that's a good one. Bring him in. Sure thing, Senator. Good afternoon, Mr. President. It's a pleasure. Likewise. I'll be frank with you, son. I'm still getting used to folks calling me that. I sure do like hearing it, though. Sit down. Thank you. And thank you for seeing me on such short notice. That's enough thank you, son. Why don't you go on and tell me why you're here? Though I suggest you make it quick. I do got a country to run. I'll, I'll keep it short. It's regarding my father-in-law. Uh, I think you know him. Judge Pavey? Why, he's an old friend. What about him? He says hi. You son of a bitch! What the? Cause <laughs> ah! grow! Hold still, goddammit. Behind you. Huh? Uh. Weiss is damned the moment he looks. He gazes deep into Ethel's eyes and immediately freezes like a statue. The gun falls from his hands while he himself remains immobile, a look of shock frozen on his face. Long moves to peek out from behind the desk once all is quiet again, but Ethel stays him. I wouldn't do that, Mr. President. Right. What happened? Where, where's the President? Everything's alright, Cosgrove. Just a minor disturbance. How about this? What the? Ethel spins around on hearing the voice she faintly recognizes, just in time to get a bullet in the right eye straight from Partridge's trusty Anfield. She stumbles back, momentarily shocked, as her glasses fall off her face and blood pours out from the socket. Before the bodyguard can react, he gets slugged too, hastily aimed since the sheriff has his eyes shut tight. Right, now for the other one. Time for some straight shooting, Jack. You dare. She surges forward, shoving him against the wall with enough force to break his ribs. He grimaces, lets the gun fall, but keeps his eyes firmly closed. You're working with the other ones, aren't you? Madame Zetzner and that pathetic Taylor kid. What possessed all of you? What did you think you were accomplishing? Justice. For Miss Lerman. You just forgot about her, didn't you? Why, you... As she ponders how best to kill him, he manages to reach into his pocket and pull out the stone from the cemetery, marked with the pharaoh's name. She notices. What the hell is that? I don't know, but I think it wants to be friends with yours. She reaches and taps the stone with the exposed head of the icon, which she has swaddled as usual. The result is immediate. The entire West Wing explodes in a shower of debris and body parts, making everyone on the lawn and all around take notice. Dwayne watches the smoke rise from afar, a horrible weight growing in his stomach. Zeta is motionless. I know you can see it. Tell me. Miss Zetzner, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't care what you think. Tell me what you see. There's nothing left. The whole building blew to pieces. I'm sorry. Oh, Jack! You fool! You goddamn stupid fool! Oh, if I only had any tears left. I'm real sorry. That bitch had better be dead, that's all. Have no fear, madam. All will be well. Who? Who is that, Dwayne? You know who it is. Jeff? I can't see anybody. Look down. Jeez! 
A talking weasel? Wrong. Wait a minute. Is that the mongoose? Yes. I don't know how, but it is. I climbed up from below, but not alone. Hold on. Weren't you evil? Such simplistic notions. Well, I suppose you are a bumpkin. Anyway, I've changed. Being down there in the dead place gave me a new outlook on life. You said not alone. Please tell me. Yes, she's here. But I'm afraid you can't see her yet. She has some business to get to. It's already done. Ethel's dead. Oh dear, you are simple, aren't you? Oneronauts don't die, at least not easily. I suggest you watch from here. It might get messy. Dwayne looks flustered. Madame Zetzner bows her head, settling into her mourning. Ethel stumbles out from the smoke column, holds in the scorched icon with one hand, and puts a wrist to her still-bleeding socket, wondering how she didn't foresee it. She didn't even consider that Partridge himself didn't know what the stone would do. There were no intentions to read. An army officer comes out to check on her, and she grabs his shirt to deliver her orders. There's a blind woman and a brown-haired boy with a Texan accent somewhere out there. Bring them to me. But, Madam Vice President, how are we supposed to tell which ones? Bring them all! Go! Ah, oh, no, no, not now. Madam, what are you looking at? She doesn't reply, but her gaze doesn't shift. She's looking at me. I'm standing there at the edge of the pit, soul gavel and cold coffin on either side. We're careful not to meet her gaze. As she begins to approach, I put on my blindfold. The two spirits do likewise. I must warn you, I am not too practiced at blind fencing. Just as long as you don't stab me. You two just gotta keep her monsters off of me. She's my problem. No objections there. For what it's worth, Lottie, I... I am truly sorry I killed your father and your friends, and blew up your house. You ain't forgiven, but I appreciate it. Fair enough. She's coming. I hear her footsteps. Draw! Lottie, I always meant to. Sorry, I'd really like it better if you didn't talk. What, then? You'll pull my heart out and take this. Do you even want it? No, but I have to fix this. It's my mess. You were their toy, Lottie. A puppet. You've got nothing to do with this. Leave it to me. I know what I'm doing. No, you can't say that. Look in this pit. You're just like the rest of them, killing for the sake of your dream. When you spill the first drop, you already lost. That's how a child sees things, Lottie. You're smarter than that. Enough. I'm gonna take the icon. You'll get what you deserve. What was that about not killing? I'm giving you a choice. You can give it here or right now. And I won't need my contingency. Contingency? What would that be? Those two losers? She won't give it to you, my liege. That we could have guessed. Call them then. Go on. What are you... Gotta be kidding. Cold Coffin blows the whistle, and the army of the dead comes running. Ethel can only stare gobsmacked as they overrun her military men, charging headlong towards us. Then, when she can no longer contain her fury, she holds up the icon and opens the gates of hell. Dragons, chimeras, salamanders, ogres, sphinxes, 
Every horror from every scary tale ever told comes leaping out to her defense. Now it's war. But I have only one goal in the middle of the carnage. The stone thing in her arms. My nightmare child. Without it, all the rest is for nothing. And she knows it. You want it, don't you? Come and get it! She runs into the fray. I follow, dodging every swipe and breath of fire that's thrown at me. I imagine myself a bird, borne by the wind back home where I belong. And I fly. She feebly throws mares at me, not really meaning to her. I fly through them and grab the icon, but she won't let go. We both soar up over the White House and the chaos of battle. Even through the blindfolds, I can feel her looking right at me, one remaining eye bulging with emotion. You lunatic! You weren't supposed to do this! It wasn't meant to be this way! That's right. You had it all planned out, didn't you? You'd string me along till you could get what you wanted all along. No, that's not... that's not true. Lottie, please. Let go. Let go if you got any decency left. Lottie, no! All I wanted was to keep you safe. Keep everybody safe. Well then you're a failure. Nothing but a rotten failure. Yes. Yes, I am. I... I, I don't know what happened. With a crash, we return to the ground on the other side of the lawn, leaving a crater in our wake. Ethel's lying in it, pinned under me, still gripping the icon so tightly her fingernails are dripping blood. But we both know it's over. Even with her gaze and the powers of the Anaronaut, she has no chance. I saw it in your eyes from the start. How like me you are. How lost, lost in life and in your own dreams. Searching desperately for an anchor to keep yourself from falling off the deep end. And you found it, didn't you? You, you lied to me about everything. Yes, everything, except what I never said. No. Don't, don't you. I love you. Not like a mother. I love you, Lottie. No. No, no, you don't. You don't get to say that. Everybody says that, and then they, they send me to go do what they want. I won't let you. I'm done. I'm done. Take it then. Send me down to hell. That's where I belong. Her hands fall down to her sides. I hold up the icon, hands trembling so badly I'm worried I'll let it fall. That's when I see Zeta and Dwayne watching us from behind the trees. Seeing me see him, Dwayne moves closer. What are you doing? Stay back, she's still got one eye. Is, is that it? Did you get it? Stay back, I said, goddammit! Go away. Lottie, listen to me. You don't have to let it take you over again. There's another way. She knows. I know. Don't don't worry, madam. I know what I'm doing. Just a minute now. Tell me what it is, if you don't mind. I told you. The dream realm, which is now merged with this world, is powered by death. At this size, it can only sustain itself with an incalculable amount, more than the entire human race could provide. Who here could seal themselves within a ritual chamber and provide infinite deaths forever? Lottie, 
No, you can't. This is how it has to be. There's no question. There's always another way. There's... there's gotta be. You're all sorely mistaken, I'm afraid. Except you, Duane. Really? Madam, with all due respect... Be quiet for a minute, Jeff. Hmm. You may have been the first to show me the way to see, but I believe I've become fairly adept at it myself. And when I followed the numbers and put it all together, I beheld something I never expected. The soul of the dream world. It isn't merely a machine or a predator. It's alive. With each cycle of rebirth, it begins a new life, but something within it remains the same. A consciousness. I might even say an intelligence. I think Monk knew that. It drove him mad, of course, but that was what first pointed me this way. So? What difference does it make? Mind or machine, we can't let it die. And to keep it from dying, I have to die. Again and again. I've made my peace with that already. So we're just wasting time here. Don't! Please, let me finish, dear. If you'll be so kind. This intelligence, it's made up of human thought. And that's what nurtures it. Keeps it alive. The concept of sacrifice, above all. But there's no count. 72,000? It's just a number. Just a number? Numbers are how this thing understands itself. But their only significance lies in what they stand for. Slumberland, if that's what you want to call it, demands a sacrifice of infinite proportions. It can be death, but it can be something else too, Lottie. Your imagination is a treasure of our time. All you've done, all you've seen, all you've dreamed, the worth of that is more than anyone can estimate. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. Will you do it? Okay. My liege, the enemy is vanquished. And how? The day is yours. What now? Now I go out on my own. Thank you, madam. I guess I won't remember any of you, will I? There's no way to know. Let us hope for the best. Wherever you end up, dear, you can rest assured we'll find you. We did it once before. We'll do it again. You bet. Dwayne, I don't deserve your loyalty. Don't say that, okay? Don't you ever say that. You still love me, don't you? I... I don't know how to stop. Come here. Mr. Soulgavel, forgive me, I strayed from the path. Uh, I... I forgive you. Where's the sheriff? Wasn't he traveling with you? Um, uh... Oh. Well, I'm very sorry. Guess he wasn't such a bad fella after all. <clears throat> you did good work today, Baron. And, Jeff, you earned my trust again. All of you. I hope this makes up for all the wrongs I've done you. Lottie, you don't owe any of us a single thing. Yes, I do. Ethel. Yes, Lottie? Goodbye. I put my hand on her face, felt the warmth I'd longed for for so long. She breathes in, out. It's enough. With all of them watching me, I cradle the rock and let it take me up into the sky, past the clouds, past the atmosphere into the stars.
I close my eyes, then I hold it close and I whisper, Ethel, I love you too. And it's done. I lose consciousness falling down. The world I wake up in is all waking. No traces of the unnatural merger remain. My head feels empty, but I can't tell what's missing. I make my way back to Aurora. Don't got nowhere else to go. My old home's still gone, but the tailors put me up. Their youngest boy is still missing. Time passes, nothing happens. I get older. I work at the general store, packing bags. Nobody much likes me still. They think I'm weird, I guess. I don't care. A few more decades and I'm the town witch. Amos Taylor and his kids move out to Houston, so the house is left to me. I try writing a couple of times, but nothing comes. I try reading. Can't ever get through a whole chapter. Even the radio puts me to sleep. Of course, that's perfectly normal. When was I ever a creative type? Yet somehow it still feels wrong. Something out of place. Like my life's a shadow of what it was. Sometimes I go out in the cornfields at night. Children run when they see me. I just sit there and watch the skies, looking for something. No idea what, but there's never anything anyway. The only glimpses I get are at night sometimes, when I shut my eyes, and I see it. That horrible icon, hanging over me, tied to me. And somehow, I feel I couldn't cut it away even if I wanted to. Once in a while, it'll show me things. Visions, dreams, fantasy. But most of the time, it's just me, here. I've pieced the story together from all the pieces I can remember. Guess it doesn't make that much sense. Those people, Dwayne and Zetzner and the others, they were meant to come and find me. I guess they never did. Or maybe they were never real at all. Just a story. And now it's over. See, I promised you an ending. Never said it'd be a happy one. But that's what there is. Huh? Hold on. Who's there? It is her. We found you! I... I don't understand. You don't have to. Come on. They're all waiting for you. I'm not sure I understand, but I follow them anyway. There's a grand ballroom. Funny, I never saw we had one of those here in Aurora before. I come in and everybody claps. Imagine that. All those lords and ladies applauding some geriatric nobody. Then I see. Hello. You're new, aren't you? She's there. We dance. That's all. This has been Sojourns in Slumberland, Episode 6, Dream Dance, presented by CKUT. The program was written, directed, and edited by Fred Azaredo, with Otavio Barbosa and Alice Wu as creative consultants. The following voices were featured. Dana Prather as Lottie Lerman. Alice Wu as Etel Kunzler. 
Zoe Heffring as Zita Zetzner and Rhonda McMurphy. Edwards Kremita as Dwayne Taylor. Fred Azaredo as Chevalier Solgavel and Carl Weiss. Carmen Mancuso as President Huey Long and Baron Cold Coffin. Aidan McGartland as Sheriff Partridge. Matthew Erskine as Monk and yeah, Magistrate Mossflower. Henry Kemeny Wadlinger as Jeff and Skyspore. Gabrielle Germain as Cora Lerman and Martlet. Thank you!